racks in the flesh. Who the fuck she gon' check? She be talking that shit, talking out of her neck. Put blood on her dress. Bitches be mad when they see Cardi step in the spot. Said that you bought it, we know that you not. I'ma pull up on bitches as soon as I drop. Bought a new car and I'm make up a yacht. Big bitches in my business, they tryna plot. Hoes poppin' shit like they have a. What's really Gucci? Um, welcome back to Monday morning. Once again, we're here, and I know everyone's excited to hear my lovely voice on the loudspeaker, in your core, in your Alexa, in your surround sound, in your earbuds at work, in your Beats by Drizzy, Dre at the gym, wherever you're listening. Um, I just hope you're having a good Monday, and I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, <clears throat> I myself had a good weekend, and uh, am looking forward to blowing through this week so we could get back to the weekend. So um, take that off the top. Uh, th- this episode is uh, being recorded once again in my voyage from Fresno back to Irvine. Um, so if you got the windy background noise, uh, forgive me, but, uh, it's currently plus 95 in Fresno. So I'm pretty hot and this AC is not going down. Um, with that being said, today's schedule, uh, will be short and decise. Um, we're going to discuss the draft that's happened since our last podcast. I want to take a second to not throw shade, okay? But I do want to discuss Boston, the Boston Celtics, and kind of what I believe their foreseeable outlook's going to be moving forward for the next couple of years due to, um, you know, maybe their lack of uh, management um, and their inability to keep star players on their roster and whatnot. Um, I am going to discuss Kawhi Leonard and how things have developed with his free agency decision since the last podcast. And of course, I'm going to talk about the Lakers. Um, I'd like to lay out which players I believe the Lakers should sign in free agency outside of the top tier free agents. If, um, you know, we're not able to clear up that cap space, which all signs are indicating that we're not gonna. So so yeah, with that being said, we'll get started. Um, first topic is the draft. I think all in all, uh, the draft was pretty eventful, um, considering it's an event that rookies from college get their name called up, and this is a, a supposed to be a three-person draft. Um, everyone was saying it gets weak after the third pick, and that's our, that's uh, Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett. Everyone was saying it's weak after them which I think is pretty fucked up and an indictment of all the other players. So that's a great way to give everyone a chip on their shoulder going into the their NBA careers. At least hopefully they would look at it that way. Um, but what I want to say is I think that the draft is so overblown and I understand why it's hyped up and people want to see excitement and feel excitement and the more the NBA can make these organizations, especially the small market ones, feel some type of way about a player, a young prospect they're drafting, it um, 
you know, it brings the attention and spotlight to that organization. So it kind of, in, in a way, will generate revenue, right? So it's all money, which is cool. I get it. It's a business. But I think that, or at least my take on this Zion hype, and I'm not taking from the kid, um, you know, he's definitely a freak of nature in terms of his, like, thickness and the way he could move from one direction to another so quickly, naturally, and effortlessly. And I think that's his only real trait that makes him different than than most uh, prospects his age, um, you know, that are number one overall picks. And yes, like the power behind his, his dunks and whatnot is is scary and something to look at and reminds people of Shaq when he was coming out of LSU. Um, and I think that's fantastic, but in realistically, he's what, six, eight, six, seven, maybe six, nine. I don't fact checked. Um, just so you guys know, side note, I'm filming this in my car driving home. I have my, my agenda of topics written in pen on my hand and inside of my palm. So for everyone that listens and wonders about the choreographing that goes into this or whatever setup, just know that I'm all knowledge off the top of my dome, no notes, no computers in front of me, no nothing. I just speak. I let it flow. So give me some credit for some respect on that. All right. Um, so enough of that tangent, but I don't know Zion's exact height, exact height, but he plays four. Nowadays, NBA, other than Julius Randle, most fours, ever since the Lakers had Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol, m- most teams, um, fours, are, are they need to be close to seven foot tall, right? And I would say that Zion's a little overweight for his position, but I can't use that against him because he still moves just as fast as a player in his position that maybe wasn't as as heavy as him. And that's what makes him so good because he's going to be powerful and he's only going to get bigger and stronger and faster, right? But he's going to lose that baby fat, everyone keeps saying, which is awesome. And I do think he's going to bring energy to the Pelicans anytime he dunks the ball. It's going to get the bench going, the team going, whatever the case is. But realistically, this dude ain't no Bron James. This dude ain't no Kobe Bryant. And this dude ain't no Michael Jordan. This dude ain't no Anthony Davis. This dude ain't no Kawhi Leonard. Like, why is this dude so hyped up? Like, I get the potentials there. But at the end of the day, everyone has the potential. He just is a little bit stronger and has a more unique look to him than any of the other guys that are in the draft, realistically. And... I hope Zion becomes a great player, and I'm confident he will. But he's not this multi-positional talent like the Kobe's, LeBron's, and Mike's, and Davis's. They could shoot from three. They could dunk. Kobe and MJ could do 360 behind-the-back dunks. They could throw it off the backboard to themselves, dunk it with their left hand. They could shoot with their left hand. They could pass it from full court to a teammate. They could play defense. They could do all these great things. When Zion's just, he could jump high and he looks like a freak and he has a lot more power and speed 
and agility than a guy his size would most commonly have. You guys rolling with me here? Like, I, I get that that will make separate him from the pack in terms of who he's going up against in his position. Yes. And his numbers should be great. Yes. But outside of that, what does he have skill set wise that's making everyone think he's going to be the next GOAT? And that's just my question. And like, again, I'm not hating on the kid. I hope he does great. And I think he will. But I don't see him. I see him being like a at his best, like a maybe 25, 26 point a game guy, um, you know, somewhere close to 10 rebounds a game. And definitely that the energy player getting and ones with some vicious dunks, nice highlight reels. But uh, he's not going to be the guy I would put on my team and think that he could take me to a championship. You know, like you, you don't build teams around power forwards. Look at the Spurs with Marcus Aldridge. He's a power forward. He's, he's the best player on that team. How far has he gotten them? Nowhere. They only went places when they had Kawhi. Tim Duncan. Manu Ginobili. Tony Parker. And that's not an indictment on the four position. But at the end of the day, you a power forward, sorry. At the end of the day, you need guards. You need a superstar guard. Or a small forward that could play the role of a superstar guard. That's what makes a championship team. If you look at all the historic teams... They all have a freak of nature guard at some point. So I just don't see the hype. If he becomes the best power forward to ever play the game, great. But what's the best power forward that's ever played in the NBA gonna, where's he gonna fall in terms of impact? I don't see it being that that drastic. Like I just don't see how our four could have such a huge impact. And and again, I'm not saying that the position can't be a game changer and can't help a great team be greater, but it's not going to be because of the power forward that a team wins a championship. Hell, Zion ain't better than Anthony Davis. And although Davis played center a lot, he's a power forward, um, and he didn't get them to the NBA championship. And he had some better players around him at times, although not so young and not as much potential as the guys that Zion's going to have around him going into his NBA career. But Anthony Davis was way better than Zion in every way possible. So how how is that position going to take a team to the NBA Finals? Right? Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to, like, do the math in my head, and it just really doesn't make sense to me. Um, but, again, not an indictment on him. I hope he does well. But I just think he's a little hyped up. And it's, 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 at the end of the day, it's really all just uh, money and, you know, other things that um, – bring that excitement that in turn will, uh, you know, create the situation we're in where everyone expects this guy to be Superman. And I just really don't, don't see that happening. You know, um, if I could choose someone he's going to be like, I think he's going to be, uh, similar to a Blake Griffin. Um, I don't think he'll shoot the three as nice as Blake Griffin does, but I think he'll have that, them bunnies, them put back dunks and, you know, can put up the numbers that Blake, similar to what Blake Griffin could put up and, you know, maybe he'll he'll play on a couple more successful teams than Blake Griffin, right? Um, for Zion, at least. And that's just because Zion's coming in at the end of the Braun era and, you know, the end of a lot of really good player eras. So I think he will have his point in the NBA where he is the superstar of the league, but he's not nearly ever going to have nearly 
or even close to big as big of an impact as Michael Jordan did, Kobe Bryant did, and now LeBron James is having, right? Um, so moving on, Boston, and I'm going to take a sip of my water, so bad radio. But moving on to Boston, so I'm a Lakers fan, and I understand if hearing me jab at the Celtics just sounds cliche and you know, you're going to say, okay, this is a Laker fan just finding every situation to exploit drama in Boston. And that's not me because I do hate the Celtics with the passion, but I will say this. I, I also respect the Celtics and I, I, I respect the battles we've had with them. And if I were, you know, some NBA free agent, I would give the Celtics a, a, a strong consideration just because their history. And I'm, I'm about that life, right? I'm a Laker fan. I'm about history. I'm about tradition. And, you know, Boston, that's just a, it's a, it's a cool basketball city. Let's say that. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I have to talk about Danny Ainge. So Danny Ainge, for those of you that don't know, he's the general manager. And I believe, and don't quote me again, but I believe maybe also the president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. Um, take it or leave it. Um, and so he's calling all the shots. In the past couple years, the Celtics have drafted really well, dating back to when they traded Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Um, and I don't think they traded Ray Allen. I think he just didn't resign. But when they made that trade, they kind of, they, they just took so much from the Brooklyn Nets sending those old vets in terms of first round picks because their value was high because they were on a really good Boston team. And the uh, Danny Ainge was able to take pretty much rape the, the Nets for all their first round picks for the foreseeable future. And he had them. And he just looked like this glorious GM because he has all the first round picks. He drafted well with Jason Tatum, Terry Rogier, Marcus Smart. He attracted a blossoming, fuck, I can't think, um, the white boy's name that used to play for the Jazz, superstar freak, and I don't know why his name's drawing a blank in my head right now, Gordon Hayward, but he attracts Gordon Hayward in his prime, in his first free agent summer, signs him to a, a max salary, pulls him from Utah, where he laid roots, you know, has started a family, brings him to Boston, in doing so, makes the gutsy trade for Kyrie Irving after he demanded to be traded out of Cleveland to run his own show, paired him with Gordon Hayward and Al Horford, who they already had, and that young core that they were starting to build with those future draft picks they had, right? So he looks like a goat and everyone's praising him. Everyone brushed under the table that this man traded Isaiah Thomas who at the time was a franchise point guard who recently lost his sister in a freak accident the night before a playoff game that he played in and dropped 50 plus points in MVP candidate MVP finalist that season led your team all season. They, he traded him. Everyone just disregarded that, right? Kind of shady. So in a sense, from a player's perspective, they're probably like, man, this guy, Denny Ainge, he, he ain't about that life. He doesn't, he doesn't care about his players truly because he made that business decision to send Isaiah Thomas out despite everything Isaiah Thomas put out for Boston, right? Um, 
but the media praised him. He has Kyrie, he has Gordon Hayward. Shit happens, Gordon Hayward breaks his leg, feel bad for the guy. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year this year, his second full season back from injury. Um, And now, Kyrie's ghosting them. Al Horford's not going to re-sign with them. He's testing free agency. And you didn't trade for AD. So the Celtics went from having one of the best up-and-coming teams in the league to now probably being a a bottom-tier Eastern Conference team for the next couple of years, banking on a Jason Tatum fruition into some superstar, which should happen, um, and banking on Gordon Hayward being worth the, the billions they invested in him, right? Which should happen as well. So I just want to say this. This man chose to hold on to Jason Tatum to not get Anthony Davis just because of the fact that he may be a one-year rental. Two things. One, thank you, because that's why he's in LA. Two, I understand that the AD situation, it's either if you trade for him and he's a one-year rental and he leaves, you might lose your job. But if you trade for him and he comes and he ends up liking it and stays, you look like a god, right? So it's a it's a 50-50 chance. And although Davis said he didn't want to be there, I have to say most recent history indicates that that is not always the way it ends up panning out. Paul George wanted to play for the Lakers, got traded to the Thunder, stayed there. Kawhi Leonard wanted to get traded to the Lakers, got traded to the Raptors. It's yet to be seen, but we'll get into it later, but there's a big chance he stays in Toronto. And if he doesn't, then at least he won them a championship. Mazzaio Yuri, the president of basketball operations for the Raptors, isn't going to get fired. Oh, no, he's not. Because that city got their first championship ever. Toronto champions. So if Danny Ainge would have traded for AD, Kyrie Irving may have stayed. Al Horford would have opted in. Gordon Hayward has another year with a better team to ease into his recovery. You still got the young guys, a few of them, what might have been left of the farm. You'd be a free agent destination to all these other guys that now the Lakers are targeting because they're the ones that got AD. So what I'm trying to say is that Danny Ainge has built himself a horrible reputation with players because of the way he handled the Isaiah Thomas situation. Now players know that, like, hey, if something's to happen with me, this guy's not going to have my back and he's going to write me off as soon as he can. Because Isaiah Thomas was going to be dealing with some injuries and he wrote him off right when he could, when he could get that new toy Kyrie. And now Kyrie didn't like his experience with him so much that he's not even talking to them. Which is more so an indictment on Kyrie, and I think that's embarrassing and disrespectful on his part. But, but, I will say, what kind of fucking shit show are you running to where your star player that is anticipating re-signing all season isn't even talking to you? Look at Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors. It's all good vibes over there. Why couldn't Boston create a situation like that for Kyrie? 
You know what I'm saying? And how are you going to say Jason Tatum, even if Jason Tatum becomes the best Jason Tatum he could be, he sure as hell ain't never going to be no Anthony Davis. So you just spoon fed a franchise that you're supposed to hate because we compete with you every year, the Lakers, their next franchise superstar and made us, made the Lakers a contender for what should be probably another decade. Anthony Davis is 26 year old, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget that. LeBron James is a temporary fix to solidify his legacy. Anthony Davis is long-term for the Lakers. That's why we gave up the farm. So I just want to say that Danny Ainge should be on the hot seat. I think with the hand they're dealt now, he should definitely just go with the young guys he has and bank on a Gordon Hayward successful recovery. But man, that guy through being successful and earning the reputation of being the best president and GM, uh, he kind of fucked over the organization. And I think they need to take a step back and say, hey, let's let's take care of these guys we have and, and set a new new norm here that we, you know, we want you here. We're going to get behind you. And if we do have to part ways, it's going to be mutual, right? So don't have another Isaiah Thomas situation, right? He was blindsided. So that's what I think about Boston. Um, next topic's Kawhi. So, man, Kawhi. Where do I really even fucking start? I got holes that I'm hiding in the dark. That's reference to that New Jersey song. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Kawhi, man, this guy is interesting. I, you know, I, I, I get a new theory every day on what he's going to do. And in large part, I think the majority of what the media is pushing out is all BS. Like, call me a Laker fan, call me blind to reality. But if the Lakers were able to clear the cap slot for $32 million, I do not know, I do not see it possible that Kawhi Leonard would not take a meeting with the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, you would have to be out of your mind. If you don't, if the Lakers had a max slot, you're Kawhi Leonard, you're from Southern California, you're a huge Kobe guy, and you don't consider playing for the Lakers. Yeah, I get that he's a little different the way he's wired and he likes to compete against other greats rather than join up with them. But that's not the NBA anymore. And at the end of the day, LeBron, even if you're competing with LeBron right now, if you beat LeBron, no matter how good the Lakers may look that season, everyone's going to use his age and the miles on his body as an excuse for him. That's just the reality. So you're not... LeBron shouldn't be someone you're trying to compete against anymore. He needs to, you should want to grab on to the the little remaining buzz and spotlight that LeBron has around him. Because when it's gone, it's gone. And I truly believe that Kawhi would want to play for the Lakers. 
people were building this fake resentment or, you know, type of tension between him and Braun saying that he didn't want to be a sidekick. Everyone knows that Anthony Davis is the future for the Lakers, not LeBron James. Everyone knows LeBron James is a temporary band-aid. LeBron James comes over in free agency, gets a mural painted in L.A., it gets graffitied on every day. False king. This is Kobe's town. Which it is Kobe's town. LeBron knows that. L.A. knows that. The NBA knows that. Anthony Davis gets traded for we lose half of our team that we've grown to love. Gets your mural painted up. Everyone praises it. The fact is LeBron's temporary. Anyone else we add now is the future. So I refuse to believe that Kawhi Leonard has the personality that says, oh, I don't want to go be second fiddle to LeBron. That's not him. He thinks he's the best. He knows he's the best. So why would he be intimidated to play next to LeBron? What better way to show the world that you're the best player in the NBA at this time than going to the best, the alleged best player's team and being the best player on that team? There is no better way. You can't find a better way. So there's that. But what I want to say, the teams that I do think so, they're saying he's going to meet with Philadelphia. Why the fuck would he go to Philly? That'd be like what Kevin Durant did backwards. You join the team that you beat instead of you join the team that you lost to. But does he really want to go and deal with uh, 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 Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid and, 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 and just dominate the East the rest of his career but like, like LeBron? Maybe. Maybe that's the easier route. But if the reason he's not in San Antonio is because the way the medical staff treated him and the way that um, he wanted to be back home, why would he go from Toronto to Philly? So Philly's tripping. He's meeting with them out of a courtesy, which is cool. But in the big picture, it's going to hurt Philly because Philly has two players they already need to worry about getting signed, and that's Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. If Kawhi Leonard takes a meeting with the Philadelphia 76ers and a couple other teams like he's supposed to, the L.A. Clippers, the New York Knicks, not the L.A. Lakers, and of course Toronto, then that means that Philly's going to have to wait until they get a decision from him on whether he's going to stay in Toronto or come to Philadelphia or go anywhere before they could waste that money on a Jimmy Butler or a Tobias Harris, who they already can't pay both. So by the time that happens, they got to hope that by the time Kawhi Leonard makes his decision that Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris haven't already agreed to sign with another team. So Kawhi Leonard could help the 76ers break apart just by taking the meeting with them. So if it's because of a courtesy, then maybe they shouldn't meet. If there's someone in that organization he respects, someone in that organization he's doing a favor for, he should tell them, hey, I'm not going to sign with y'all. Go give this money to the guys that are actually interested in being here. I don't want to put you in a bad position. Right? 
but that's not my problem, so I'm not worried. Clippers, yeah, sure, I, I could see him going into the Clippers because it's L.A., he gets what he wanted, he's home, and if the rumors are true that he doesn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron or he wants to compete against LeBron, um, then yeah, for sure, I could see him going to the Clippers, okay? I'm not going to hide that, that truth, that, that, that possibility. But I will say this. If I've seen it on numerous interviews and numerous videos, anytime Kawhi's asked about a GOAT situation or about, you know, who he shaped his game off growing up, he doesn't say MJ. He says Kobe. Everyone, Kawhi Leonard was a Laker fan growing up. Kawhi Leonard was a Kobe Bryant fan growing up. Okay? I don't care what anyone says. But deep down in your heart, it doesn't matter how big of a superstar you become, you're always going to want to be like your childhood hero. And if if it came down to the Clippers and Lakers, then Kawhi Leonard would have to go with the Lakers because he's a Kobe Bryant guy. Let's just be real here. But that's if the rumors aren't true that, you know, he doesn't want to play with LeBron, which I don't believe. And then lastly with Kawhi, you know, it it hurts me to say, but I I think he's going to stay in Toronto. I mean, everything just makes sense for him to stay there. You know, he's going to Blue Jays games. I don't think he's been to L.A. since the season ended. The NBA championship ended. So I really think he's going to stay. I think he's just going to run it back one more year, sign it two with an option on year two, and uh, run it back and probably be in the NBA Finals again if they don't get stopped by Philly. If Philly could keep their team together, which they won't. So he's probably going to be in the NBA Finals again. And when he is, he's going to be facing the Lakers, the exact team he demanded a trade to. And in my opinion, the Lakers are going to be better than the Toronto Raptors just with AD and and, and LeBron James. Because in big NBA championship and playoff games, it comes down to who has more superstars on their team. And guess what? No matter how many one-star players the Lakers put around AD and LeBron James, they still got AD and LeBron James. That's two to Kawhi's one. So that's how they're going to win. So I just think that, you know, Kawhi just just needs to just needs to stay because he's really just going to be signing up for either playing in L.A. for the Clippers for a team that, you know, will be good. But for how long? Because if I'm a free agent two, three years down the road and the Lakers have A.D. and Kyle Kuzma. I think I'm going there over just Kawhi, who has a notorious reputation for not necessarily being a people person, so you know he's not going to be really recruiting when Kuz and AD are, are all over the league, so they're going to be recruiting. So yeah, I just I think Kawhi's going to stay, and that's just my hot take. And if he leaves, um, you know, which in my opinion, if he leaves, if he comes to the Lakers, is the only thing I would want, but if he's not, then I want him to stay because I don't want him in, in a Clipper uniform. You're a Kobe guy, Kawhi. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
Um, and our last topic of the day, the Lakers. So uh, there's a lot of buzz going on about the big time free agents we're going to get. I think I told you last time who I would want. If we get the max slot, 32 million, which we won't, give it all to Kawhi. And if you can't get Kawhi, then I, I'm really big on, on D'Angelo Russell. I think a reunion with D'Angelo Russell is actually the best thing we can do. And I say that because Kawhi's going to stay in Toronto. D'Angelo Russell is 23 years old. Kyle Kuzma is 22, 23, I believe. We don't fact check. Anthony Davis is 26. If you sign D'Angelo Russell, which his max is probably in the range of what we're going to have, maybe a little bit more, but realistically, D'Angelo's not, he's been an all-star. He's had one really good season, so he's not really the guy that could go around demanding more than what he's worth, right? Um, And I don't think, you know, realistically, I, I think he he's the type of personality that likes the spotlight of LA and that's part of will be a huge reason why he would come back so money aside but um they should have enough money to sign him and look at this roster uh D'Angelo Russell 23 Anthony David 26 Kyle Kuzma 23 three years from now the Lakers have competed in maybe two or three and maybe have won one or two or three championships with D'Lo AD Kuzma and LeBron LeBron retires. Next big summer of free agency, you have a 29, 30-year-old Anthony Davis locked into a long-term deal. You have a 26-year-old Kyle Kuzma locked into a long-term deal. And you have a 26-year-old D'Angelo Russell. That's going to raise some eyebrows. That team itself could probably compete for a championship, let alone look appealing to free agents. So I think D'Angelo Russell should be a target for the Lakers, should be the number one target. Um, It spreads out the floor in terms of having a balance of stars in the backcourt, in the frontcourt, right? So I think that's that's what they need to focus on. because I don't, I just don't think they're going to have the money for Kawhi. So if we're not going to have the money, give it to D'Lo. All of it. And some. Put him in space, Sham, LeBron. Come on. You're supposed to be recruiting. You need a point guard. You need a point guard. Um, and then I just want to touch on how the Lakers can fill up the roster after that. Because everyone seems to be tripping on that. And I think it's simple. Here's a list of a couple players. Trevor Ariza. Bring him back. Um, Danny Green, Jeff Green, Brooke Lopez. That's already four. Hell, you could you could take another year on either KCP or Lance Stevenson. They could shoot threes. They could shoot threes, and then you gotta get a, a or both Kyle Korver and JJ Redick, and you're set. You get Kyle Korver and JJ Redick. Throw in Trevor Ariza, get another big to, to rotate with AD and Kuz. That's all you need. That's all you need. You got threes, and you're going to be scary as fuck. Hell, you might be better than the Golden State Warriors were. And at one point, they had five All-Stars. And that's to be determined. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate y'all taking, uh, 
you know, an hour or 30 minutes, however long I spoke of my drive. Um, I'm going to get back to being a law-abiding citizen and driving without my phone. But uh, yeah, so let's see what happens this week. And I do want to say shout out to everyone that listened to the first EP of Sis Chilla. I think they killed it. Um, so I hope you guys keep tuning in. They will be on Fridays and we will be on Mondays. So um, yeah, keep it tight. Get it right. Ghosts.